PFG Private Wealth Management LLC is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. The topics and information discussed during this podcast are not intended to provide tax or legal advice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed on this podcast. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Insurance products and services are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed insurance agents. The rules of retirement have changed. No longer can most of us rely on Social Security or a single pension to fund our futures. We're living longer, and retirement doesn't just last a handful of years anymore. Instead, you might stay retired for 20 or 30 years, and maybe even more. We need to look at retirement through a new lens, with fresh eyes, with a new approach and plan of attack. Here to answer the call are financial advisors John Texera and Nick McDevitt of PFG Private Wealth Management, serving you throughout the Tampa Bay area. This podcast is Retirement Planning Redefined, and it starts right now. Hey everybody, welcome in to the podcast. This is Retirement Planning Redefined with John and Nick hanging out with me talking investing, finance, and retirement. And uncommon sense is going to be our theme on this podcast. I've got some statements here that I think all of us agree are basic common sense. Uh, but yet when we go to do these things, we tend to do the opposite and we act a bit uncommon. So that's going to be good. We're going to have a fun conversation with this and uh, stick around. We're going to jump into that. But first, let's welcome the guys in and see what's going on. John, how are you, buddy? Good. How are you doing? Hanging in there pretty good. Uh, we were just chatting before we rolled the uh, the tape here on the podcast. A little sleepy. The kids did not want to cooperate last night, but uh, other than that, things are going good for you? Yeah. Yeah. Things are going well. Very good. Very good. And Nick, how are you, my friend? Doing pretty well. Staying, we're staying busy. The, the heat is uh, starting to settle in in Florida here. So although I'd say we had a pretty uh, awesome spring weather-wise. It's yeah. The, the humidity is starting to kick in. So you know, kind of a realization that John and I were talking about the other day, you know, we can't believe it's already between COVID and chaos of everything going on that it's already almost halfway through the year. So, well, you um, know, 2020, yeah, 2020 was like the longest decade ever, even though it was only a year. Uh, yeah. And then this year seems to be hauling pretty fast. So it's going pretty quickly. Hey, speaking of the weather, actually, how'd the event go last time, you know, we did the podcast, uh, the the prior one, we chatted a little bit about the golf tourney you guys were working on. How'd that go? It went really well. Um, we ended up having about 108 golfers total, which uh, we were told for a uh, first event would be excellent. That's so we, awesome. we kind of hit that goal. And uh, we're just finalizing the numbers, but it looks like we're going to be doing some pretty uh, good-sized donations to uh, Pepin Academies and then all, you know, Southeastern Guide Dog. So we're we're excited about that. And um, you know, we, we actually... Uh, the winning team's going to get a, a nice uh, invitational uh, jacket. So uh, we're getting those sized <laughs> up. So uh, they're excited about that. That was kind of a surprise to them. So at the end, we had uh, you know, a tailor there and, yeah. and getting their sizes and showed them the jacket. And they were pretty excited about it. Very cool. So are you guys hustling and bustling all through that? Uh, did you enjoy the process of, of putting an event together like that? Or would you do, definitely do it Nick, again? Nick, you want to take that one? Yeah, it, it was an interesting sort of uh, learning process it's it's always you know just like anything else uh there's a lot of collaboration and so you know a lot of people a lot of bodies required and uh anytime it's a first time event you know having to get everybody on the same page and organize you know it was a little uh, chaotic but 
ultimately, and we had kind of chatted about this in our meeting afterwards, uh, ultimately, I think the experience for the, the people that participated was smooth. And, you know, if you asked them, they wouldn't have even noticed the things that, you know, that we did as, as kind of putting it on. Right. The feedback that we received was good, and, you know, a lot of money charity. So all's well that ends well. Well, that's the the hallmark of a good event. Then, if the participants, you know, think it's great and it runs smoothly, they don't need not know about the chaos, right? That's the yep. way. That's the way you know you've done a good job. So, very cool. Well, kudos, guys. Glad to hear that. I'll be looking yeah, forward we, to some final numbers later. Yeah, yeah. We had a you know I, I, we had a very good team all around. So it was a truly team effort to to get it done. So that's it, great. It was good to work with everybody. That's awesome. That's great. I'm glad to hear that and uh, definitely look forward to hearing more about that in the future. But for now, let's go ahead and jump into our topic this week. Again, like I said, guys, I've got some statements here, some basic uh, axioms that we all hold to be accurate. I think we all say would say that that's common sense. We all agree with it. But yet what you guys see and what you know advisors see all across the country a lot of times with these is people tend to do the opposite. So you talk through that a little bit, what you see, and maybe some ways to counteract that. Uh, and we'll start with a classic, which is the buy low and sell high. You're not going to find a single person that disagrees with that theory. I mean, we do that, we, I don't know, gas shopping, right? Like gas has been going up. So you're like, oh, hey, I heard it's five cents cheaper over at this station and you'll go over there. But when it comes to investing, it's almost always the opposite if you're an undisciplined or don't have a planned type of investor where you panic and you do the wrong thing. Yeah. And, and I think uh, the, the reason why is really emotion. You know, investing becomes very emotional, you know, because it's your money, it's your nest egg, you kind of see it there. So, you know, when that, when that dives into it, it just, it's very hard to make, you know, kind of easy decisions. And a perfect example is, you know, in the pandemic in 2020, when it started in March, you know, stocks dropped very fast. I mean, I think, I think over like a two or three week period, it was almost 30 to 40% drop of the S&P and which is a great opportunity to buy stocks cheap. But what we were, you know, hearing from some people, it's, Hey, you know, should, should I sell? Um, and then really it should have been, should I, should I be buying more into it? But again, it's the uncertainty, the emotions of not knowing what's going to happen. And the similar thing happened in 2008, you know, with the banking liquidity concerns, you know, sa- same thing here, stocks were dropping, good time to buy but you know the thought process and emotion kind of made people do the reverse yeah and it's tricky because you know intuitively sometimes you look at what's happening and and oftentimes by the time that most people in general kind of in the general public notice what's happening a lot of the the volatility's already happened so in other words you know once they notice it's really going down it's already gone down a bunch and once they notice it's going up it's already gone up a bunch and so tend to be late on both sides, which is, you know, not good. And, you know, John and I will kind of joke with each other where I'm definitely the more emotional uh, one out of both of us and he's less so. And so, you know, we absolutely understand the, the emotions of things and, you know, even being in, in day to day, you know, it's important to understand how it is and really just kind of goes back to having a plan. And that's what we try to do even back in, you know, when, when everything went down with the pandemic is bring everybody back to the plan, make them realize that, hey, you know, we've got a plan for these sorts of things. These are uh, unfortunate times, but it's, we have these things kind of baked in uh, for happening. And so we just got to kind of hold the line. Well, and I think with emotion being the culprit there, that's why working with a, an advisor and a, and a good team is helpful because 
I'm not going to say you guys are disinterested because you obviously clearly care about your clients and, and what you do for them because it's very important work. But at the same time, you can approach it with a little bit less passion, I suppose, or panic uh, than the person might. Because to your point, John, it's their money, right? And you guys are going to do the very best that you can for it. But it helps you make helps you look at things a little bit more objectively. I guess that's where I'm trying to go with that. So yeah. that's a good way to do it. So that's one. Let's go with a second one here. Not pay any more in taxes than we have to. Well, that's like a duh, right? Nobody volunteers to sign up to, you know, I don't think anybody's standing out on the street corner with a sign saying, let me pay more taxes, please. Yet, when you guys start to look at things and you work with an advisor and a CPA and they start digging into uh, people's financial and retirement situations, often we are paying more than we need to be. We're not being as efficient as we could be, I suppose. Yeah. And some of the areas that we'll see these sorts of things are, and again, this kind of will tie into, emotional decisions, which we we definitely understand money's emotional, but you know, as an example, somebody's retiring or getting close to retiring, maybe they've got, you know, eighty to a hundred thousand dollars left on their mortgage and they want to cash out a bunch of money from retirement accounts and just kind of like pay it off quicker in one fell swoop and you know, they may not realize uh, from a timing standpoint, you know, number one, the impact that uh, a large sort of distribution like that could have on um, on their taxes and then the kind of like uh, snowball effect that it might have on costs of Medicare or, you know, uh, different things like that. So, you know, having a sort of strategy and, and always kind of going back to the, the idea of, you know, planning long term and, and having different types of accounts that have different types of taxation and retirement. It's really important. Yeah, I would agree with you on that because you know, taxes, I mean, you know, there's all those little things like it's not what we make, it's what we keep, so on and so forth. But there is a lot more ways to be efficient when it comes to, especially for retirees and pre-retirees when it comes to taxes. And of course, what everything we're seeing right now with increased spending and inflation and so on and so forth, taxes is going to be continue to be a really integral part of a retirement plan. So it's important to make sure that you're working with somebody who is taking that into account. And another important part of this is keeping costs low, guys. Like I said earlier, like about the gas situation or, you know, bargain shopping, you know, pretty much everybody's looking, you know, buy one, get one free or, you know, 50% off things. We look for these kinds of things in all aspects of life. But then again, when it comes to investing, sometimes we're not thinking about that. You'll have the person say, I want to keep costs low and you know, my guy or gal only charges me 1% and they're really not taking into account everything else as well, right? Yeah, that's that's absolutely correct. It's, you know, again, it can it can be kind of, you know, taken into consideration from a from a common sense standpoint, but sometimes, you know, it, there are better times to kind of buckle down on certain things than others. And ultimately, you're just, you know, you're just trying to make solid decisions with the information that you have available to you. So, you know, it's anybody, you know, you mentioned inflation, it's it's always interesting with with things like that because anybody that has you know, gone to the grocery store in the last two years, they know that things cost more, you know, and so it doesn't when it's not talked about in the media as much or whatever, it, you know, they might kind of talk about it with their friends or complain about it with their spouse or something like that. But then when it starts being talked about in the media, it kind of catches up. So ultimately, I think people know that these sorts of things have been happening. But now that it's being talked about more in general, and and there are other assets that are kind of tracked more from a, a consumer price index and those sorts of things to actually show inflation is is a you know is a legitimate thing, especially with all of the 
money that's been being printed for the last you know decade really you know now is kind of a good time to to reassess and make some smart decisions to keep costs down. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, there's hidden fees and all those little things, and that's actually going to kind of lead into my next one here. For example, I'm going to kind of pull a grandmaism, guys. Another one of these axioms we hear is, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. And and I'm going to take this from the standpoint of people who have a lot of the same thing. They'll say, you know, John or Nick, I've got ten mutual funds uh, that I got from ten different companies, right? So I'm clearly diversified, and you know, I'm not getting charged very much. And they're completely wrong in both of those counts. Yeah, we, we see that a lot in the uh, 401k space because a lot of that is um, the people are, are picking their own funds and they'll, they'll do stuff like that where they'll pick six, seven you know, mutual funds or whatever. And they say, hey, I'm diversified. But in reality, they're all similar uh, type funds. So example, they all could be large cap funds. So what that means is um, when the market goes up, they're all going to do relatively the same thing. I mean, you know, give or take, you know, some percentage points on which ones perform a little bit better. When the market goes down, they're going to do the same thing. The whole the whole point of kind of diversifying is so that the portfolio has some zig and zag. So, it kind of sounds weird to say this, but in reality, when something's going up, you, you want something else going down or or not doing what the other uh, you know investments doing, and and that's actually comes down to proper asset allocation where you have. You know, maybe some large cap uh, funds, and then you also have some fixed income funds and some you know real estate. So everything's not the same type of asset class, and that's really what you want to focus on 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 really diversifying is not just having multiple funds, but having the the right mix of multiple funds. Even in addition to that, you know, diversify from the perspective of taxes. You know, you don't necessarily we feel want to end up in retirement with. Only having pre-tax money that's going to be fully taxed at you know whatever bracket you're in retirement. Mm-hmm. You know these uh, good examples. You know currently there there's a decent chance, and we've been talking about it for years. But there's a decent chance that taxes will go up. You know there's a there's a price for kind of printing money for a long time. You know whether it's cutting taxes and more spending, etc. There's eventually going to be a price for that. So having uh, you know options from the perspective of uh, pre-tax money, Roth money, taxable brokerage account uh, what that you know utilizes capital gains, you know all these sorts of things end up really paying off down the road. Yeah, a lot of times that whole diversification conversation comes back into play with people, and often what you guys find, John, to your point, you were kind of talking about that a little bit, is that somebody's got a lot of the same thing. There's just a ton of overlap. And typically it's almost always large cap or something. And I mean, if you think about this year, right, small cap was outperforming large cap in the first quarter. And, you know, maybe you don't have enough here and there. And that's, that's kind of that point of that having a little bit that's when something's going up, something's going down. And most people just don't truly realize that. They think, oh, I've got a target date fund. I'm groovy or, you know, whatever that looks like. And then what ends up happening for the last one is that you have people then turn around uh, and say, ooh, I want to jump in on you know Dogecoin or whatever because <laughs> Elon Musk made a tweet, and then the next week he makes another tweet, and the thing tank, you know, the thing tanks, and so you know, market timing is virtually impossible. Yeah, c- correct. I mean, it's it's you ultimately you can't do it. Um, you know, and, and it comes back to kind of what we talked about earlier. You know, when people are trying to time the market, it's really emotional of saying, hey, when's a good time to get in or get out? And and this was something that we saw a little bit about, um, not necessarily so much with the pandemic. A lot of people stayed the course, maybe because it happened so fast. But with the with the election at the end of last year, 
you know, either way, we saw people that were trying to pull out and time it depending on, you know, you know, who won the election on when to get back in. And unfortunately, it didn't work out, you know, and it doesn't work either way. It doesn't work out because it's always so hard to say, hey, now's the right time, because as we saw, the market you know, went up and then it's like, well, do I go in now or do I wait <laughs> until it goes down? And you can find it over the last, you know, five or six, seven years, if you've been waiting, you've been waiting a long time to, to get back in. Um, so, you know, it's always best to have a plan uh, and stick to your plan and, and, you know, make sure that you're invested correctly. So, um, you know, you can just, you know, stay, stay the course of what you're trying to do. And even further with that, the, uh, you know, ultimately, if, if you decide that you're going to exit, you know, and, and kind of try to time it, the time that you have to then get back in is usually the most basically, you know, disgusting time to have to do it. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> when, it's when the it most painful time. It's, it's the, the time of the most chaos because, you know, that's usually kind of where the bottom is. And so it's, it's really difficult to you know, try to time that. And, yeah. you know, in fact, we've kind of had conversations with clients before where, where we say, Hey, you know, our objective is to hold the line. If, if you want to exit, you know, we'll exit for you, but you got to tell us when to get back in, you know, we're, we're not going to exit, you know, at your request and then move in at our determination. You know, if we're going to exit, then you also have to let us know when to enter back in. And so sometimes we've kind of found that putting it in that, in those terms, uh, ultimately ends up helping people just decide to hold the line because once they realize like, oh, well, I've got to tell you, you know, when to get back in, then that, that kind of helps them realize, oh, I, okay, I get it. Like, I'm not going, I'm probably not going to be able to do that. Or by the time that I feel comfortable enough to tell you, it's too late. Yeah. You're right back at that emotional sticking point, right? To to your point of it's you know typically it's it's painful or it's the worst time or you know it's just really uncomfortable to do it, and of course you're trying to be right twice in something that is super super fickle. So you know the, again these are all some basic common sense things we can all agree on, and yet we tend to do the opposite, and that's where coming you know comes into play to really work with a team who does this day in and day out to help us through those things so that we don't trip ourselves up. You know, as the saying goes, we're often our own worst enemy. So do yourself a favor. If you haven't done so, have a conversation about your retirement journey and some of the things that we've covered today on the podcast. Reach out to John and Nick. As always, you should check with a qualified professional before you take any action on anything you hear anyway on our show or any others uh, financially related. So reach out to John and Nick at 813-286-7776. It's 813-286-7776 or stop by the website pfgprivatewealth.com. That's pfgprivatewealth.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, Retirement Planning Redefined. You can find all the information right there at the website. Again, to subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever platform you like. I'm going to sign off this week for John and Nick and myself. So thanks for hanging out with us here on the show. And we'll catch you next time on Retirement Planning Redefined with John and Nick. 